Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. Welcome in to another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. Bennett Conlon here, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. And Jack, I think we have to start with what's going on with the CAA League office, Mark Byington, JMU. Are they in cahoots? That was, I still, I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm glad you tweeted what you did yesterday. Because now JMU Nation is like all in on the joke too. Like I, uh, I tweeted something else later on in the day. And someone responded with, um, I need an FOA request <laughs> friends down on for like it is just a joke now. What is this guy trying to uncover? Is you brought up the fact that maybe Byington is saying no to reschedule changes and that's upsetting Northeastern fans because now they don't get a chance to be the number one seed and you just said, Well, they should have beat us in their in their home gym thing and then not lost to Towson. And I mean, yeah. It was pretty hilarious, yeah. So it's like a Northeastern fan who, you'll see him a lot, actually. He's a diehard CA fan, which is awesome. So he kind of appears in Twitter circles a lot. But um, yeah, he was basically wanted a Freedom of Information Act request. He wanted a FOIA request to get documents. He wanted Byington's contract. He wanted Jeff Bourne's contract. I think it's, you're not allowed to, I think it would be within the state to actually have them give it to you. So that's why he was asking for it. That was the the... only thing that made it make sense, like why he was asking for a CAA sports fan in Virginia to do it for him. Yeah, so it's like the only reason I could think of. It's like state by state for for FOIA requests. But it was he was looking for it and trying to get it. I don't know what he was trying to uncover, especially since Shane Metlin, you know, is a reporter in Harrisonburg who has done this with with Byington's contract, which is like kind of standard procedure. So he got it, and he's at one point, if you look up Byington contract on Twitter, you get, like, all of his bonuses, and he gets $15,000 if they finish first or tie for first in the regular season. I don't think Mark Byington, who's been a head coach for, what, seven-plus years or so now, is, like, really clamoring for that 15K. But (laughs) maybe, like, I think for him, Matt Lewis is hurt. If he's saying no to reschedules and wants his team to be number one in the league, when the CA league office also says that like if the tournament stops, the conference tournament stops in the middle, the top seeded team remaining gets the berth in the NCAA tournament. Of course he's going to play more games. Yeah. I mean, there's literally, this guy's like, well, why doesn't he want reschedules? Does he not want to play Northeastern for a third time? We're open that weekend. And it's just like, well, you didn't, you didn't take care of your business when it was needed. And now Jay, like, 
you don't have to accept reschedule changes. Like the only reason people were like you wanted to reschedule is because you wanted to play. And now Jamie's sitting at eight and one in conference and like they have a game with Drexel left and that game really means nothing. It's it's just so funny. And like I saw some Northeastern fans were, were kind of excited that they scheduled North Carolina. Uh, and they were talking about like, you know, any place, anytime, anywhere. It's like, yeah, you didn't cover the 17 point spread any place, anytime, anywhere. Like, And it's also like that <laughs> game means so much in CAA play. <laughs> right. It's like, just stop, stop the chatter. If you wanted, if you wanted to have the number one seed, you had JMU twice in your building, you split, then you lost to Towson. You lost to Towson. So I don't really. <laughs> I think Towson's also, I think not the worst, but the second worst in terms of the net ranking in the CAA. Um, but I mean, Towson is a team that is exactly who Northeastern would lose to. Like, if you think about the way Northeastern <laughs> plays, like it, and it was probably a day Towson, like was shooting 60% from the field. Like there were one good game all season was probably that one, but why didn't you beat them? Why didn't you beat us? You, you Northeastern fans be quiet. It was, it was just all so good. Especially the- Northeastern fans. <laughs> this one guy, I'm glad you're a CAA fan, dude, but if you're listening to this, I don't think you're going to uncover much, man. And if you do, it seems like it's self-explanatory <laughs> why they would want to do what they're doing. I just thought it was kind of funny for, yeah. for that to happen. And then most, the best part you had mentioned, it was basically asking people in the state of Virginia. So maybe you're getting William and Mary, but it's otherwise it's like mostly JMU fans who are interested in Virginia to uncover stuff about their <laughs> their coach that you think is like shady. It's, Who's it's, giving you that? The way he worded it to to my fellow CAA sports fans in Virginia. And it's like you're talking to JMU and William and Mary. Yeah. Mostly JMU like you said and it, like he didn't say like to my JMU like the way he worded it was just really weird and this guy really wanted us to uncover dirt i guess i but i don't see how it would be dirt like i don't but get then he wouldn't people were like what are you getting at and he's like i'm not implying anything it's like yeah you are <laughs> you're not implying and then the best was that he tagged ca sports like the league twitter account would be like retweet let's get this out like what i love when people this is a complete side note then we can jump into football i love when people tag like yes. main accounts because like i just want people to realize who's behind the sticks of these ma- these accounts it's it's not who you think it is. It's me. It's it's Bennett types. It's people that don't have a lot of a pull with like, like if you're tagging CAA sports, it's probably like the, a low man on the totem pole that sees that notification, and they're not going to be like, <laughs> hey Rob Washburn, we got something here, or hey Joey, we got something here. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to so, be like, all right, scroll through. It's so funny. And then the best is like when people are critical of a team and they'll tag them. Like someone will write an article and they'll tag like. Virginia sports. It'll be like, what's wrong with Virginia men's basketball? It's like, what are they going to do with this tweet? <laughs> like, the SID. an article about how we suck. <laughs> the SID is going to respond. Well, <laughs> um, I think it's because our uh, zone defense is lacking and we don't have active hands. Like, stop. People do that all the time, too. Like, I just don't get why you tag the team. Like, there's never a point where the team is going to see your tweets and be like, let's hire him or let's 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 bring him on. Just unbelievable. But shout out to Brian Reese because I would not have seen that tweet oh, yeah. uh, unless our loyal follower had, had <laughs> sent that our way. So thank you. <laughs> anyway, should we jump into football? The tweet. <laughs> okay, football. Sorry. Yep, football. Yes. Football. Kind of a kind of a nail biter, a barn burner. 
this weekend against Morehead State with that 52 to nothing win over a team um, that doesn't give out scholarships. So I don't think much of a surprise, but what are your, your takeaways from Jamie playing a football game for the first time in like 400 days? I just got to say, I wasn't excited leading up to the game. Like there was no part of me that was like, this is like, I, I wanted to watch the game at least the first half, but I knew it was going to be a blowout. And I was just like, I, I, I want to watch it, but I, there's no like excitement built up. There's no like, uh, this is the first game of the season. I want to watch it. And then I sat down and, all of a sudden, all those emotions came roaring back to me. And I was like, this is JMU football. It's back. And then they quickly went up 21-0 in the first quarter. I will say there was one point in the game. I think Moorhead State forced a punt. And then they get the ball and they drive down the field. And then Wayne Davis makes the pick. And then the rest of the – like there was like that one point where the game was not hanging in the balance by any means. But it looked like Moorhead State like might kind of kick back. And then Wayne Davis was like, no. There were a couple plays where I, I didn't watch a ton because I was I was working some other stuff because weekends for both of us are a little bit of a challenge. So we kind of make it work with what we can watch. But I was watching some of it and Moorhead State had a couple plays where I was like, oh, my God, like, what were you thinking? So, I mean, it was not much of a, a test in the athleticism. Disparity was like it was large, right? So I, I mean, the text you would send, they put in their backup. So the first quarterback, their starter, Pappas. And they ran a 17 quarterback drive. system. They had a two quarterback system. Is that why? No, I mean, they played three guys. They had like oh. seven quarterbacks in there. I was like, I, don't, I can't keep track. I guess they use that as a spring game. I guess they use this that game make as a spring game. But Pappas started like the first three drives and they put in the backup who like had wheels, but couldn't throw it. And then I just would get a text from Bennett every drive. This quarterback sucks. <laughs> that's it or this is the worst quarterback i've ever seen in my entire life and i was being harsh especially since the guy came in and was like seven and nine so he actually wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> that bad and he, he did do some things with his legs but it was like there were just a few decisions that you're used to like i guess with jamie you're trying to think of like what they would do against uh an fbs team or like a you know a team in the playoffs and i think there were a few times where like morehead state gave their quarterback a decent pocket and then they held on to it for eight seconds and just kind of fell down it was like, I don't know if you can even expect that in conference play, although Elon, you know, struggled with Davidson. So maybe you can't expect that in conference play. Uh, Davis cheeks after the year. So <laughs> they look a little bit, a little bit rough. But the athleticism was kind of the thing to me that like JMU's got really athletic dudes at pretty much every position. I was impressed with uh, Thornton, the wide receiver. I don't think people talked about him a ton, but he has wheels. He seems like he can kind of uh, fill in for Brandon Polk a bit. Yeah, or David Polk. <laughs> Jamie sports blog shout out to them I don't know who David Polk is but <laughs> they keep making that very endearing typo I guess not really a typo but <laughs> I no, love it I think yeah Chris Thornton when I was watching him he had top end speed like Polk had and there was another play early on in the game where he got like an out route or something like that and he got pushed a little bit got off bounds went out of bounds but if he had kept his balance he had a second touchdown easily and he was scorching them, but the athleticism, like you said, was just completely unmatched. And it was kind of take everything that we say about this game with a grain of salt, because a lot of it really doesn't mean too, too much because it was against a non-scholarship Moorhead State team. But as I was watching it, the thing that jumped out the most was just the, the speed of the trenches. There was a couple lapses here and there with the offensive line. They, they allowed a sack at one point and I think that probably is being pounded out by Kurt Signetti about how that's not, not something you can't allow, especially against a Moorhead State team. But just their speed and athleticism, there were times that they were coming off the ball and 
there was no chance that Moorhead State was going to do anything. Mike Green looked like a man amongst boys. Mikel Camara, Kamara, the freshman, yeah, who had a sack at one point, was named CAA Rookie of the Week, which there's only one other CAA team playing, so, like, great. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he had a good game. He had a sack. They were, they were just coming off the ball so quick and aggressively. And, like, the pursuit they had, if, like – when the, when the second quarterback was in and he was a speedster and he was more mobile, they were able to track him down and, like, God, they were quick. That was just what jumped off the, the, jumped off the screen to me big time. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're a good team. I was concerned with Jamie's running backs. Only one of them got to 100 yards. Is there a problem there? They did have four guys, you know, the four-headed monster, I guess, all have at least 68 yards. They all scored at least a touchdown. <laughs> So, I mean, the running game was good. Van Horst was really electric, had the long touchdown run. Palmer loves contact and is so much fun to watch because he's just running guys over. And then Percy's so steady and maybe doesn't get the the credit he deserves. But we talked in the past how he hasn't broken off a ton of long runs. He had a 55-yard run in this game, got in the end zone, 116 yards. So really impressed by him and the entire team for competing at a high level and, and going out and executing. It was Obviously not a great opponent, but but Jamie was good for the most part, it seemed like. Yeah. I took notes of the game and the first note I took is that is that a window bothering you? It's bothering me. I can't my light sucks. <laughs> my lighting's terrible. I think I'll just go for the dark face rather than the streaks of light across my face. I, either way. <laughs> but I was taking notes on the game and the very first thing I wrote was just our running backs are just unfair. Here's what would you Yeah, here's here I want to cuz Sam Herder tweeted and he tried to like it was like um things not to overreact about in week 1. So I wanted to ask how much do you make of the running game and how much is it is like you know they just beat up on Morehead State. How much can you really make of it? I think you can make a huge thing about it. They were all fantastic last season for an entire season. And then they the first game of this season. Like, if you say – I don't mean to, like, say Sam Herter's take is, in, in, is completely wrong, but, I mean, Sam Herter does hate my team, as the <laughs> T-shirts say. But to, to, but to say that it's an overreaction that JMU's running backs are good this season is just throwing out all of last season. Percy was one of the top running backs in the CAA. Juwan Hamilton's been an electric speedster in the backfield since he came into Harrisonburg. And Latrell Palmer showed flashes of greatness last season. And saw and like you just keep saying and, and, and. And Solomon Van Horst last season, at the beginning of it, was electrifying and, and, and did good work against West Virginia, an FBS opponent. Um, so to say that it's an overreaction to say that they're good this season is kind of kind of rude to them because you're throwing out all of last season where they were fantastic. And then the first game back this season after not playing for over a year, they ball out again. I'm I'm 100%, 100% ready to say that these are the four best running backs in the CAA. I will overreact to it all day and I won't call it an overreaction because I think they're truly fantastic. I worded his his thing somewhat poorly. I think his take was that. Come on, man. You made me just go in on that. And then <laughs> <laughs> his wasn't that they aren't good. It was that um, JMU's rushing attack is unstoppable. And then he added that Saturday's dominance was expected probably because of the year that they had last year. So what do you, what do you think, I guess, of them being unstoppable as a running attack when they play better teams? So here's the thing. They don't really play better teams this season. Well, let's say postseason. <laughs> <laughs> in the postseason I think it's more so on the offensive line than it is the running backs this offensive line has a true NFL an NFL at least 53 man roster caliber of a player we think in Liam Fernando 
and Raymond Gillespie's really great. JT Temming showed off his ability. Jake Glavin got in there a couple times, and I'm forgetting the other part of the offensive line. Um, but that's where it's gonna gonna show. Like when they play a really great defensive line, that's that's just dominant in the trenches like the offensive line is can the running backs still get going I think the running backs themselves can only go as far as the offensive line can go so that's going to be my cop-out answer a good cop-out answer and I think I think your point is is fair that like I don't know that anyone in the regular season can really slow them down they'll probably have more success than Moorhead State I would think um, just because they have you know scholarship guys and things like that and they're in the yeah. CAA but it's three kind of subpar conference teams and you play them all twice. <laughs> so I think they'll be able to run it a good bit. And I guess we can transition a little bit. Cole Johnson. I thought he was fine. It was, you know, windy and cold, 10 to 14, 147 yards, a touchdown, no turnovers, which I think those are the big things, right? He completed, I guess, close to 70. I don't know what the math is close to 70% of his passes or something in that range. 60 to 14, right? Yeah, whatever that math is. So he was he was good on on those. He had decent passes. He had a couple wobbly balls, but some of that is probably due to the cold and, and wind. And the no turnovers is the big thing, right? As long as the quarterback this year doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, like they should be able to run the ball. And I thought the defense, I was really impressed with some of the guys in the secondary. Q Reed is someone I think is a lot better than people expected. He looked like Rashad Robinson. He's got the number one. And I was like, who is this guy? There were, there were times I was watching that secondary and I was looking at the numbers and I was like, who are these people? That secondary made me eat my words. And I think you were a little lower than I was on them. The wide receivers made me eat my words. Um, that, that secondary was really good. Wayne Davis is a Buck Buchanan Award early uh, leader in the clubhouse, I think. I really <laughs> – no. I think Wayne Davis back there is great. MJ Hampton, I think that rover is – is code for slot corner. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. I don't, I don't really know what <laughs> Rover is. I just, he was in there a lot. He was making big plays. Um, linebackers left me. Um, I want more from them. I'm going to say that they got bit on a couple play action passes and I was having flashbacks to Stony Brook all over again. Overall though, they were good. And then the defensive line was just so dominant, but yeah, that secondary Taurus Carroll, Weston McCormick, Greg Ross looked good. They didn't target. I think they targeted him once and it was a pass breakup or something like that. Yeah. They, I mean, they're just better than I thought in the secondary yeah. and, and they're deep. The, and like they, they yeah. didn't, they didn't want show like that they had necessarily a weak spot. So it showed that their depth was something that isn't, I mean, who knows if they, if they lose that whole position group to COVID problems or something like that, but hopefully that doesn't happen. It seems like they're going to be a solid part of the defense. Yeah, so I think that was a really pleasant surprise was was how well they played. I think overall the team is is kind of what we thought they'd be, right? They're good. They have a lot of talent. It's just a matter of whether this talent can consistently perform on the field. And, I mean, with Elon looking – I know it's the first weekend. I don't want to overreact to it. But, like, they really were not great. I think Hero Sports had them ranked. They did not look like a ranked team to me. They, I saw that they were number 21 in some polls. And Although, that – the win they only dropped down to like number 24 but they they needed a last second touchdown to beat Davidson and maybe most importantly is like the Davis cheek being out for the season news dropped kind of late um but I mean that makes them less frightening I don't think William Mary and Richmond are supposed to be all that good like unless Robert Morris has like a, a seven foot tall 
running back who runs like a four one and also plays wide receiver and defensive end. I don't, <laughs> I don't see any of this being much of a concern. So I think there are going to be a lot of games like this and Jamie is probably going to go into the postseason with a whole bunch of hype without being tested at all. So that's a little bit worrisome. Yeah. They're kind of like Gonzaga. Yeah, without the loaded non-conference like five-game stretch where they rolled off wins against ranked teams. So we're basically playing the WCC season here. Yeah, we are. But yeah, you you look through the schedule after Robert Morris at Elon versus William & Mary versus Richmond at William & Mary at Richmond versus Elon. And then you assume they're going to be a number two seed just because all the – did you see that? What was it? All the rankings that came out today and yesterday – Jamie's the number two seed. They jumped from four to two. I saw that. Yeah, people were like, I don't know. And then they beat non-scholarship Moorhead State. And they're like, whoa. (laughs) If anything, I guess because you and I lost, right? Yeah, did people have you and I in the top three? Yeah. What in the world, man? What in the world? Also, do you see North Dakota State? They were kind of meh. I saw North Dakota State fans on FCS Fans Nation, the Facebook group kind of like questioning their new quarterback Zeb or whatever his name is. I think they should play Patterson from uh, Virginia <laughs> Tech personally. I think More. they should uh, coax Trey Lance back into Here's, playing. And... They play in, well, they play, who they play? Did they play at? Young? No, they probably played at home, right? They played in the Fargo Dome. Yeah. So it's a dome. There's no weather in there. Guess uh, <laughs> Zeb Nolan's Thanks. passing. Go ahead and guess his passing stats. Seven of 17 for 128 yards and one touchdown and two picks. It was nine of 18. Okay, I was close. Yes, for 74 yards. Wow, I was off. No touchdowns, no picks. That's super meh, right? That's <laughs> that's not very good. That's Teddy so, Bridgewater level meh. We want to talk about Cole Johnson. North Dakota State would give an arm and a leg for Cole Johnson, <laughs> folks. Put that on the message boards, FCS Fans Nation. All right, that's a pull quote for this This. uh <laughs> But I mean, I don't think they were that impressive. Like they were, they were fine. And like, they did whatever they do where they like play good defense and they run the ball 6 million times, very much like JMU, but it wasn't overly impressive. Youngstown state. I'm not expecting to be great moving on from, I guess, Pelini, right. That was this year. Cause he took the LSU job and then sucked or defensive coordinator. Job. Yeah, then he was fired. I will say this though. I think we should take all of these week one and probably even week two games with a huge grain of salt because these are teams coming off of 400 plus. I mean, 400. Yeah, they played a fall game. They played a fall game. Oh, that's true. That's true. But I. But still, <laughs> like, the last time they played like real competitive football that wasn't a Trey Lance showcase, and for a lot of FCS schools, last time they played football was last December or last what November. Like, yeah. there's a long time. That's a long layoff, and to get up for a game that, I mean. North Dakota State's playing a better opponent than Jamie playing Moorhead State. And also Jamie yes. played Moorhead State. But just take everything with a grain of salt these first couple of weeks. And then I think around week three, week four, I think stuff will start start to become – oh, my cat just scared me. I think things will become more uh, in, in – in, I forgot Clear. the word. Clearer. There we go. In focus. In focus. Yes. Thank you, folks, for sticking along with me as I figured out the word focus. Yeah, I mean, I think – Southern Illinois probably beats North Dakota State this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. Wow. But I think, that, I think the Bison are uh, – I think they are in trouble. 
They are in, okay, never mind. Uh, I didn't realize Southern Illinois had a real tough showing at North Dakota. Um, well, North Dakota's supposed to be good this season. North Dakota's good. North Dakota's good. This is their first season in the, in the Missouri Valley. Here's what I will say. You got Illinois State, North Dakota, South Dakota State, Northern Iowa, all on North Dakota State's schedule. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. I will say that. Don't think they're going to go undefeated. If this finds its way onto North Dakota State Twitter, they're going to eat you alive. That's a fair take. I think they'll lose a game. There's some good teams out there. But, yeah, I mean, I think that it's kind of up in the air this year. I don't think North Dakota State's going to be dominant because I don't think they have quite the quarterback play that they had in years past. And I think that they'll be a little bit weaker. So I think JMU's got a chance. It just depends on what they can do sort of internally, right, which is kind of a stupid thing to say. But I think that, like, within practices and how they get better – they have to really embrace improving, even if they're beating a team 70 to nothing. Like they have to focus on getting better and playing the full 60 minutes, regardless of the score. Um, because I think it's going to be really easy for them to get caught up in, you know, going potentially eight, no, with a bunch of blowout wins and thinking they're great without having actually played a team of any substance where North Dakota state could go, you know, lose a game or two, but be really tested, get a lot better. So I think that's kind of my issue with, with JMU is they could go into the playoffs and we still don't really know what this team is. What do you think is the like? So there's only there's far less at large bids. So if North Dakota State doesn't win the Missouri Valley, do you think with two losses? I mean, they're North Dakota State, so that's kind of a dumb question. But do you think with two losses, North Dakota State makes it in as? What yeah, do you think the cutoff is for like a normal team though? Like, if you have two losses, is it fringe? I think it. Yeah, probably. I think it depends so much about the the schedule and stuff like if JMU loses two, I think they would probably be sweating <laughs> in terms of yeah. actually getting in. Right. Cause like their schedule is so bad. Who did you lose to twice? Was it the same team? Can you get lucky and that team is ranked or did you split with, with teams that aren't good? So I think JMU's, you know, if you lose two, I think you probably, it's at least a question. So it depends on the schedule a lot. I think North Dakota state could probably lose two, maybe even a third, just cause they've got the benefit of the doubt, but, yeah, it's a weird year where you don't play as many games. You got to take care of business. So it's it's going to be weird how the selection committee also decides to sort of value these teams because they most of them don't have much of a, a non-conference. Like North Dakota State isn't playing a non-conference game. So I don't think the Missouri Valley is. So I don't know how do you value the Missouri Valley. Didn't a bunch of big sky teams drop out like Montana, Montana State or something? I think they're out. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know how you're going to value these teams. Weber State, I don't know who they're playing, but. Yeah, I, I forgot. I've, I've lost track of who's in and who's out. JMU was in. I know that much, yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a question. Can you name one FCS player not named Zeb Nolan and not, not named Davis Chief and not on JMU's team? Hey, give me a moment. <laughs> I don't know if I can. Yeah, I can. Of course I can. Okay. The undercuffler. Oh, yes, the undercuffler. Gosh. Good. And then what is it, Daniel Smith at Villanova? I can name some of the quarterbacks, I guess. I think he may have graduated. No, he's still there. <laughs> no, <this is laughs> I'm pretty sure he's still there. We're, we're, we're quickly devolving into the, the realm of rambling. Yes. Just, I want to say how thankful, as a JMU fan, I am that we're in the South Division and not the North, because that North is going to beat up on itself so much. And the way the CAA is doing this whole thing, it's so unfair. Like, 
<laughs> the fact that there isn't a North versus South championship game and that they're just like, we put the best team in the CAA in the worst division, and then whoever has the best record is going to get our auto bid. Yeah, and the North is like, well, we know we're all going to have at least one loss. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about it because <laughs> I feel bad. Like for Albany, Villanova, yeah. New Hampshire, like Stony Brook, Rhode like, Maine, Rhode Island, the good ones. <laughs> yeah, Rhode Island, the really good one, the one that haven't won a CAA game in a 500 days. Yeah. So, JMU looked good in Week One. They got Robert Morris. Robert Morris is um, not great. So I like – I think they were okay last year, but they're not like – I don't know. They're not going to be – I mean, they might put up 21 points. But JMU might put up 72 points. Here's a question. Does JMU give up a point this season? Yes, easily done. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to get on the train. If they can do two in a row, I'm going to definitely start putting that on Twitter like, Maybe they're just going to pitch a shout-out all year. I'm really hesitant to do, like, any extreme bold predictions yes. after we got burned to 2018 season when we got burned after the week, like, four, calling him, is this the best JMU team we've ever seen? <laughs> and then them losing in the second round to Colgate. We should have clipped that audio and be like, is this the best JMU team you've ever seen? And then it's just a montage of five Ben DiNucci interceptions <laughs> against Colgate. That was terrible. But – Here's my one question before we move off football. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think it's good for the FCS if JMU or North Dakota State wins again, or do you think it's better if a like a new team breaks through and wins? 100% of JMU or North Dakota State wins again. Yeah, I think so too. Because like they're the they're the fan bases that like are the most fervor fervor fervor. It is a hard podcast today with words fervent fervent fervent. I think you yeah. and. It's like women, like uh, college basketball, women's college basketball. When UConn was dominating the sport every year and like didn't lose a game for five seasons, I felt like that was the most hype women's college basketball had had. And now it's carried over now into today's game, but like that's what catapulted them into like more relevancy. And the same goes with the NBA. Their ratings was the were the highest when the Warriors were winning four out of five or three out of four, whatever that was. And there was the Cavs and Warriors every year in the NBA finals. I think I, I kind of sound like Colin Cowherd here. Cause he used to talk about this all the time, but I, I think parody is kind of a thing that bad fan bases say that is good for sports. When in reality, parody is not that great for sports. Yeah. Weber state doesn't really move the needle. I don't think so. Not that JMU and North Dakota State necessarily have a crazy thing, but if you look at like Frisco ticket sales, things like that, and people that I think JMU kind of kind of leads the way there. So, or North Dakota State and JMU. So, yeah, I think it's probably good if if they keep rolling, and I think that could certainly happen this year um, if North Dakota State is able to rally week one. A lot of concerns for me. I'm not sure North Dakota State's gonna be able to win the rest of the year. So, uh, Bison are done. Good for them. Heck of a run. Proud of them. But uh, it's JMU's time. Yeah, like. Just my final thought on it. Like, JMU and Youngstown State was a great game. And JMU fans. Well, that was kind of a snoozer. <laughs> by that, I mean they sold out like that. State, yes. And then they took over Youngstown State's ticket a lot. Fair, fair. Youngstown, like, JMU fans want to go to Frisco. North Dakota State fans want to go to Frisco. Youngstown mm-hmm. State fans didn't want to go to Frisco. And who went? 
too. Eastern Washington might also like move the needle a bit because I yeah. feel like they're bigger. But Weber State isn't going to move the needle. Villanova is not going to move the needle. Um, I'm trying to think of other like traditional powerhouses. They're not going to move the needle. JMU and North Dakota State are going. Montana is not really going to. You can probably get some Montana people, but it's. I don't think it's the same level. It's also now that rivalry too. Like, I feel like not a not a casual college football fan, but like a a, a big time college football fan who's like a degenerate gambler who follows every <laughs> single game knows about JMU North Dakota State. I didn't realize we we're gonna give uh, Chase Kitty a big big <laughs> shout out on the pod <laughs> and ourselves. <laughs> How fun is that? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I think it's it's interesting and it's fun. And even like, at least from my perspective, like JMU fans have gotten to the point where like, I know people who barely follow the football team, but they get to Frisco and people are like, oh my God, this is an experience that like other people have done and I don't want to miss out. And then they get a, like probably hundreds, if not thousands of people that are interested in going just because they don't want to miss out and like have the experience of going to Frisco bars. So. And you see, you see it on Instagram and Twitter and everything. <laughs> like when, when Jamie's in Frisco, it's someone that never went to a football. And this is great for the, for, for the football program and for JMU itself. I'm not make I am making fun of them, but I'm also <laughs> like not trying to put them down. You just see on Twitter and Instagram stories and everything. And people are like, I love my Dukes. Can't <laughs> believe we made it to Frisco. This is going to be awesome. And you're like, when was the last time you watched a football game? Yeah, it's hilarious. I wish wish people were you know more engaged for those like first round playoff games. But heck, I mean, you got to study. You got to you got to do what you do. You can't, <laughs> I go to can't the library. Watch, watch the Monmouth game, right? You got a final in six days. No, <laughs> it's fine though. But it's good to see people, even if it's they're on the bandwagon, people supporting JMU sports. And I guess we can uh, transition over to JMU men's basketball, which we've noticed quite a bit of bandwagon hopping here. It seems like people have come out of the woodwork, and with JMU actually having a good team. Um, partially yeah. because they're in cahoots with the league office, but people <laughs> yeah, seem I mean, interested. <laughs> the reason they're eight and one is because Northeastern's the only team that said we won't throw the games, <laughs> right? And that's why we split with them. Like the, the only reason we swept swept Hofstra wasn't because we were the better team who had more grit. It was because Hofstra was in cahoots with JMU and the league office to allow Jamie to go from worst to first. And they threw the game. That was, that was it. And Hofstra sold it well, man. Like they really <laughs> competed the acting of those kids to almost pull off those wins, but then still lose to keep the CAA in the limelight. Gosh, good for them. Good for them. No, <laughs> but I think it's interesting because Matt Lewis got a little banged up. I guess it was the second Hofstra game on February 14th. Yeah. But apparently it's not serious. It, I, okay. It, did you watch it happen? No, no. It no. Sounded, I heard. I thought he like banged knees. So, what I heard coming out of the game, Byington was optimistic about it. That's what Shane was tweeting. Shane Metlin at the DNR was tweeting, and then he said that Byington was acting a little "quote unquote" cagey in the O'Neill's press conference when pressed about Matt Lewis's availability, and it, it kind of seemed like he was a game time decision. Um, he's kind of day to day. And it seemed he kind of made it seem almost a little bit worse than initial prognosis were, which is probably true because of what happened. But it didn't look great. Like when it happened, like he hit knees hard and like was on the sideline iced and being worked on by trainers the entire game. It was also very interesting that they then put him back in the game and then he couldn't walk. And then they're like, he can play. He'll be able to play soon. 
And it's like, well, he literally couldn't put any weight on that leg. That's my take. Interesting, interesting. I think he'll be – I don't know. I hope he's okay. But I, I think I – For Jamie's <laughs> NCAA tournament hopes. Here's what I'll say. I will not worry if he doesn't play against Drexel because the game really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Because I would give him an outright title. Um, but if they have the tie for a title and still the number one seed, who really cares? Um, my – if he, you know, is still questionable by March 7th, I mean, that's a decent amount of time. You've still got, like, two weeks. It'll be about a month since that um, – a little less than a month, I guess three weeks. Um, since he initially suffered it. So I think I think there's a decent shot he'll be available. And they need him, obviously. <laughs> He's the best player on the team. So fingers crossed they can get him. But kudos to them for rallying and, and still finding a way to beat Hofstra in that game. They're 8-1. and one. They won seven in a row. They have Drexel on Friday at 4 p.m. in the Atlantic Union Bank Center. Winner. Well, actually, there's there's no real stakes here. So I don't know what Drexel is in the standings. I don't know if the game matters to them, but. I think it matters. I'll look it up. I'll do. I'll do the journalistic. <laughs> That's nice of you. And but, then they've got they got the conference tournament where they're gonna be out of the pillow fight round, so they don't have the Saturday game for the so first time in a long time. They're out of the pillow fight. First time since Matt Brady, and they Matt Brady was was really good at getting them out of the pillow fight round. They would beat a team the last game of the regular season, play them in the quarterfinal, and then lose by like thirty. So, so. <laughs> quick thing, Drexel is three and five. They're they're seventh with a win. Oh, so they, they're okay. With a win, they would probably leapfrog William and Mary. All right, so they want to get out of the pillow fight. Yes. Here's the other thing. There's no way ten teams play in this tournament. Like there's no way. The amount of times these people that, pause. Like, okay, here's a hot take that isn't going to happen, but I think should be heavily evaluated. Just give Jamie the automatic bid. <laughs> Eliminate the first round. If you're a bottom four team, you don't make the CAA quarterfinals. I do not dislike that because it seems like an unnecessary bringing of four teams into the gym. Like none of them are going to win the thing. Or even like this, uh, this is a stupid idea and I, I don't even like it, but it's an idea. <laughs> Have them like on standby. So like Drexel's on standby. So say <laughs> William and Mary get COVID, you bring Drexel in. And it's like a replace. What if the two seed gets it? And are they the two seed now? Then Drexel no, Drexel would then be the seven. Oh, you'd bump everybody up. Yeah. Okay. But I just don't think they should be brought in in the first place. Because <laughs> like yeah, I it's a, it's I a very unnecessary think... risk. The last time a team that that won the CAA from the first round, I think was a ninety two or ninety one or something. Here's my thing. It's like if I'm the league office and I want JMU in the NCAA tournament, like what do you say we just scrap this bad boy? JMU scrimmages, maybe they do a knockout contest on flow so you get the ratings boost. <laughs> they, they do that for four days and call it quits because there's no reason JMU should have to play again. Like this team, put them in the NCAA tournament, give them, a, give them an eight seat. No, give them a seven seat. I don't want them playing a one seat in the second round. And let's just see what happens, Jack. That's my take. What seed do you think they're going to get? I think they're going to be a solid 15. They're right in, right? People keep putting them in bracketology in the 16. Someone had a 16 play in. That's disrespectful. Like, <laughs> oh, just because they lost two MEAC games, give them a break. They're on a winning streak. They're playing hot. They're confident. All right. So I would give them a 15. I think as a 15, that sets up well, too. You take care. Yeah, you broke up a little bit there, but I assume. <laughs> oh, that no, my take. Yeah, it was right when you said I said that <laughs> you said 15 seed sets up really well for them and then it just stopped. Yeah, I think it does where you get through the two seed pretty quick 
get oh, the seven yeah. ten matchup. You blow through them. You're in the Sweet Sixteen. Then you got a few days at home to regroup, get your food, go to D Hall, right? Get your body back. Final four run after that. Once you're in the final four, actually, no, you probably wouldn't come home. You're staying the whole time in Indianapolis. So yeah, duh. That didn't set up well at all for them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but my actual take, I think they'll probably. I think it would be nice if they were a 15 and not a 16. And if they're a 16, I would like them to play not Baylor, not Gonzaga. <laughs> 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 so you'd like them to be a higher 16 seed you'd like to them to be like the number the first 16 seed yes or Not honestly the other thing seed. the other thing i would take i would take a play-in game where they could win in jmu sports could be like we won an ncaa tournament game i was kind of thinking like but i don't want to be a play like this is a completely selfish thing i don't no, want to be right. a You're play right. in 16 seed give me a play in 12 seed that's perfectly fine because historically they normally win a game because they're like good bubble teams. <laughs> We're not getting that. <laughs> I think I would I think a 15 would be great. Yeah. Because you get a two seed. And there's normally a 15-2 upset, like one every few years. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say normally. <laughs> yes, one, one every few years. So you never know if they get hot. But even then, like just not being a 16 seed would be cool. Yeah. Being a 15 would be fun. So um yeah, but I think I don't know, they're gonna have a chance in the conference tournament for sure. Obviously, a lot of it depends on Matt Lewis's health and matchups and how things go. But I mean, I actually believe this year that the team can win three games in a row. And the reason I do that is because they literally have, whereas in the past, they literally had not. It was fun, like, cause you'd always you'd go into the first round and I'd always talk to myself and I'm like, okay, they're <laughs> playing one of the, another bad team. And then they're playing this team who they played really well in the regular season. And they're, and then you'd always just be like, well, they haven't won four CAA games in a row since 1984. <laughs> Can we, can we bring it back up that breeze story you did where I remember you were telling me you asked one of the players like about how no team had ever won four in a row and they're I like what that. this is my story every year I was talking to Snow I think it was Ramon Snowden and I just during my research for questions I was like when was the last time a team in the first round had won the CAA tournament I think it was 92 93 one of those years yeah and I asked Snowden he goes no I didn't know that what <laughs> yeah, like, yeah they're probably all believing and then you're like what does it mean that 25 it's been 25 years what <laughs> so uh yeah it's it's good to be out of the pillow fight game i'll say that and obviously if they're able to beat drexel and go nine and one that'd be sweet but we'll see what happens there i think my other concern although a lot of the teams in the league have kind of done this like their last game was on the 14th then they'll play one time on the 26th then they won't play again until march 7th like it's kind of a lot of time without much game action. Like I know that Byington appears to be doing it intentionally um, so that he positions his team well, but it's going to be a weird conference tournament because these teams are going a long time without playing. They might get paused. The number one thing is just make it into the thing. And there's a chance that even if you just win like a game that other teams have a virus issue and you're the number one seed and you get the automatic berth. It's, so there's a week between roughly a week now, nine days, nine, 10 days between Drexel and then their first CAA game. And then between Hofstra and Drexel was 12 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to say that <laughs> there was really no, I wasn't really driving that train anywhere. I just wanted to, to get that out of the, uh, get that out into the open as I read Ryan Reese's DM. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> so what, what are we getting? is he still working on it? 
<laughs> he had somebody on the case. All right, guys. Mike Brodsky, the <laughs> Northeastern. This is hot off the press. This is breaking news on the podcast. The guy who's looking for the Freedom of Information Act against JMU Sports and CAA, how they're in cahoots. Someone responded, I have a feeling this one will be turned down for being too vague. If there's something specific you are looking for, let me know. And Mike responded, thanks. I've got someone working on it. Dot, 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 dot. I'm so, <laughs> so excited for this non-story. Also, FOIA request, the school can just stall like crazy. They're not giving these text messages for like at least a week or so there maybe he gets them in the ca tournament by this time one of the teams will probably have already won the conference tournament. so nobody will care but whenever they get it it turns out good for him gosh unreal but no i'm excited about uh excited about the conference tournament and uh you know a couple weeks here and i will it's kind of sets up nicely since nobody can go to these games Monday and Tuesday, they should be night games. I think they're – are they CBS Sports Network? Pretty sure they are. Um, no. So they it's, only carry the championship. Well, you only carry the championships? I thought you had the semis. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let me check this because I was looking up basketball tiebreakers. That makes sense. I don't think so because I remember I was getting upset last season when we didn't have it and we had the yeah. Patriot League first round conference championship. Wish we pay eight hundred dollars. Okay, hold on. Let me find the bracket real quick, guys. Everybody, hang in. If you've already made it this far, there's no reason to leave. <laughs> Welcome. No, uh, we got them. We got the semis. Oh, there are on CBS Sports Network. Yeah, shows what I know. Did the dates change? No, this is right. Yep. Winner, it'll be a six. Oh, that's stupid. Six o'clock game for. So the quarterfinals will be on Flow. And then you got the semifinals. CBS Sports Network and the championship also on CBS Sports Network. Second game is a 9.30 tip. I don't want that. It's a late game for the guys. Why? Wait, that doesn't make any sense. It should be an 8.30. It says 6 o'clock for the first one and 9.30 for the second. What are they doing to the court? Is that because of COVID? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the gaps between games are massive. That's COVID. That sucks. All right. Man, that means I'm going to have to stay up until midnight that night to cover those games. Yeah, but what if one of them is JMU and they win? It would be kind of cool to have you tweeting the CBS Sports Network games if they win the conference title. That'd be kind of cool. I would, be, that's a bucket list for us. <laughs> I would go in, at JMU Sports News. Look at this. Get fired over it. <laughs> Dude, be cool tweeting every one of his own tweets. <laughs> I already do that. Sports <laughs> News tweet something. I'll this then just quote tweet it. This is true. Awesome. All right, so let's move on. Should we talk about the, the women's basketball team? Which... Yeah, we hit women's basketball. They had a very, very good showing against Delaware, yeah. losing the first game in overtime. They kind of blew the lead late, um, but we'll focus on the positive. They competed very well against the best team in the CAA. And in the second game, they won. So they split the season series with Delaware, which is a rare Sunday win for this team. But it's big. It's huge. It makes me believe that they have a chance in the conference tournament. What did you think about the series? It was great. I thought they played really well. And it was also fun. It was just high-level women's basketball at the mid-major level. Um, Some really good teams. Delaware's legit. They have multiple players who can really score. That first game was awesome. Eighty. It was 94-88. to Super fun game. Jasmine Dickey, 30 points for Delaware. Uh, she, she did it on a volume shooting game. She was 11 for 29. Um, Jackie Benitez, shout out there. Rain Tucker was so good this series. I didn't realize she had 26 in the first one. Yeah. 12, 
12 of 18 because I, I watched more of the second one just because of my schedule. She was great in the second game. She was hitting like <laughs> in the lane fadeaways and stuff. It was unbelievable. She was 10 of 15, 22 points. So I think she was the CA player. I say she was CA player of the week. I think um, she was. She was at least in the mix. Uh, I feel like there was a tweet of her winning something. So she was great, double-double in the first game and really good in the second game. For them to to have, you know, these chances with Kiki Jefferson, she was 4 of 14 in the second game, which they won in 5 of 17 in the first game. For that to happen and for them to have a chance to win is is kind of wild. So super impressed by how they played and, and the way they're competing. And I don't know, you were mentioning you think they've got at least a shot in the conference tournament. Yeah, coming into this series, I wouldn't say I was low on them because they had just beaten UNCW, but they took that bad loss to Towson back on February 10th and just kind of scrolling through their schedule. I mean, we talked about it all season. They'd win really well on Saturday, and then they'd play kind of poorly on Sunday. It just seemed like they couldn't put together a solid stretch of games. And I know they went one and one this weekend, but it was – it was a good feeling one and one like they played against the best team in the CAA very well. And even in the second game, after allowing 94 in the first game, they allowed just 62 in the second game. So do I think they're going to win the CAA championship by no means, but do I think they now at least kind of have a shot and they have the ability to put together a couple of good games and go on a little run? 100%. I think this team the way their offense plays. And they did that with Kiki Jefferson not having the best kind of two-game stretch. I think there's a solid chance that the women's team puts together a solid run. What are they, like fourth in the CAA right now? Yeah, they're sort of middle of the pack. Thank you. <laughs> I, think they, I think they can put it <laughs> together. And they, they played, they've played every team well that first time around. It was always that Sunday game that kind of gave them struggles. And now they played the best team in the CAA well for two games. I think I think they have a real shot at putting together a couple of games and winning. If I was a betting man, I would not bet for them to win. I'd put my money on Delaware. But I think there's some value in the Dukes. Yeah, I think so too. I think the way that they played in those games was impressive. Because I remember the early years of Kamaya Smalls and Lexi Barrier and as that team grew older – they kind of, I mean, there were a couple of times where they weren't up to par with like Elon yeah. and it, with Drexel, some of these best teams in the league where they were just a little bit short and you could tell they were going to be really good. And then when they were seniors, they were, and obviously COVID sort of ruined that and what that could have been. But this going up against a really good Delaware team and holding its own with all these young players, they were able to, I thought they had Peyton McDaniel at some point, maybe not, I guess she didn't play, um, but I think she's close to getting back. So it seems I like they're, they're game time decision. I think so, and then she didn't play in either. So she's close, which is good, but they've got so many good young players. Hazel was really impressive this weekend, the way she competes and gets to the rim, and obviously Rain Tucker was great. So I don't know. It stands out to me as a team that, like, they're already kind of in the mix. Like, I think they're going to have at least a chance to to battle for a conference title. Next year, I think they'll probably be the favorite. And the year after that, I think they're going to be one of the – I think they should be, like, ranked. Like, I think they'll be a top 25 team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this team is going to be a a better version of the Logan Reynolds, Lexi Bear, Kamaya Smalls team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got unbelievable talent. I think the other thing that's exciting is like I don't haven't paid a ton of attention to the incoming classes, but like Coach O'Regan's been recruiting at a really high level. Like if these are the kind of 
freshmen they just brought in. Imagine the kind of freshmen and sophomores they might have when some of the best players are juniors and seniors. Yeah, it's really exciting. That it is. You know what's not as exciting? What? The baseball team. Quick, quick little hits here. Baseball swept by North Carolina. They got better as the series went on, but they were 0-3 there. I still have some doubts about this program. We'll get more into those probably at a different time. Softball is going to start its schedule this weekend. That is very exciting for some of us, me. So pretty stoked about that. I think the golf teams started this weekend. Men's golf, 13th out of 15 teams. A little disappointing for me. But there was a tough field. It was a tough field. Women's golf, it's loading. Ooh, 15th out of 15 teams. Okay, okay. Um, golf team struggled that's all right soccer men's soccer finished their first their season opener in a draw um lacrosse is ranked number 12 in the iwlca coaches poll ahead of their home opener um they've had some covid stuff they're supposed to play a couple and couldn't um and volleyball i believe is one and mm-hmm. one after a series split with delaware to open the season exactly exactly so we got a lot coming down the pipeline trying to bring back the newsletter got a couple of those out here recently we'll try to be active maybe we'll get a football preview up this week on the website or at least a quick thing we'll figure it out but we're we're grinding right now we're just competing and uh we got a lot coming up football teams playing both the basketball teams are gonna make the ncaa tournament softball is probably gonna win the national title lacrosse probably gonna win the national title um so what is that it's two national titles three national titles with football um and then a couple of final fours with the basketball teams so buckle up folks i have one last question for you before we end this podcast oh yes as i hold my carmax no we're not sponsored um feelings on the moorhead state turnover cane (laughs) so glad you brought this up i didn't actually see it and what it looked like but you were not a fan of Moorhead State breaking out this this turnover so cane. <laughs> can I? I have to defend myself really quick. I've been on record multiple times. I think I've even talked about it on the podcast. How much I hate, or at least I've texted this to you, like when I'm watching a Seahawks game or any NFL game. How much I hate when a defense has allowed like multiple touchdowns and they're down multiple scores, and there's no way of their team coming back. And they celebrate a big play. Like, it's, it, I don't know why it, it hurts so much, but I just hate when a defense celebrates after they've allowed, ter- like, after they've played terribly and they make one good play and they're like, yeah, no, shut up, sit down. You, you played <laughs> terribly for 58 minutes. If it was the conference team, I'm going to be a non-ship guys 400 days without a game you know the turnover came they probably spent time making it did they decorate it I don't remember I think it was like they probably decorated like like yeah there was some thought to that right like a yeah like a little candy cane (laughs) okay so if Miami's down 28 points and Miami Miami is a Miami has scholarships And the Miami would probably Why does still that do matter? It. They, they chose would... to play at Moorhead State. Like, why does it matter if it's a scholarship or not? They're they probably getting. They're, they're <laughs> they probably chose. getting. They're still probably getting money to play there. Are they not like illegal, but like they're getting scholarships. 
I'm no, they're non-scholarship. I don't think they get any money, do they? They can get academic scholarship. They can get. Oh, you don't know if they're ways. getting that. Well, it's not like they're choosing. Like, I mean, they're kind of choosing it, but it's not like they're like five-star kids. Or like, you know what? <laughs> oh no, but I bet they had offers from other small FCS schools or D two schools that had athletic know. scholarships. May D two doesn't? They get scholarships? I'm pretty sure. D two? <laughs> no way. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's fine. Like, you spent all this time. Like, let's say you did a big arts and craft project for school, and someone in your class had a better presentation than you. Does that mean you're not going to present what you did? No. It means I'm going to present it in a, no, in a manner that is you're gonna presenting. Present it. it doesn't mean that I'm going to sit there and celebrate that my presentation, <laughs> that I did it. Congratulations. You showed up to play a football game. You got blown out 52 to zero. Take the interception. Go to the sideline. Be happy. Don't bring out a turnover game. I love the turnover cane. I hope they. I hope they keep bringing it out. I hope JMU makes one. I don't like the turnover like turnover um, chain Bob. and cane. I don't. They're not my favorite things, like the jewelry and all those things. But hey, if they're having fun, that's that's what it's about. It's just their kids. Their kids. I think you're being just. I think you're just being contrarian <laughs> to be contrarian. No, I don't. I don't really. I mean, it's like a little bit like uh, I don't know. Like guys were getting killed, but at the same time. I'm not going to get upset at Morehead State for doing it. If you're, if it was like Elon, I'd be like, all right, what are you guys doing? Because they expect to contend. Morehead State expected this. They almost covered the spread, Jack. <laughs> all right. Anything else you have to add after we finish it off with the turnover cane debate? What kind of what kind of thing do you think? Did they get a turnover? Yes, <laughs> I think Who, they picked off fumble? Um, no, or a fumble. It must have been a fumble. I don't think they threw an interception, did they? No interceptions. I didn't realize they turned the ball over. That's frustrating. <laughs> also, the other thing, Latrell Palmer, uh, ball security was a little loose. But other than that, he was great. Um, yeah, he did keep it a little loose and high, and people were. A little, a little loose at times. Something to monitor as the season goes on. Oh, my last thing. Robert Morris, what kind of turnover thing do you think they have? Like a robe? <laughs> like a king's chair? <laughs> I don't think their coach allows that. Do you, Their <laughs> coach is an ex-NFL player who's, like, very intense. Who is it? What's his name? One second. Googling, Googling. Vince Lombardi's son? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Bernard Clark Jr.? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Where'd he play? He is, he's, he's not smiling in his team photo. There, There's no turnover game. <laughs> Where did he play? Wait, did they get a turnover? Why did they have a cane? Maybe it was like a tackle game. <laughs> Where this? They're not saying they anything about. Force... It. He played it. This guy played in Miami. They definitely have a turnover chain. He won a national championship in Miami. You better believe Robert Morris is going to have a turnover chain. That's awesome. Played for the Bengals. Oh, he's spent a year with the Seahawks. Yeah, he did. Wow. He I... oh he started coaching at JMU in 1998. I profiled him when I was sideline when we played Robert Morris that for as a season. How much do you think they're going to bring this up during the broadcast that he played at JMU? Um, they brought it up about five times. Yeah, uh, I was going to say like an over under four and a half, five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, they're going to open with. I, I guarantee. I know how they're at this point. We're rambling, so if you've made it this far, thank you so much. Um, I guarantee Ali Barefoot, who is a fantastic sideline. She's been very good in that game and she's also been fantastic in basketball um i guarantee kurt has told her that the first hit they're going to throw to her is going to be about bernard clark 
Makes sense. I kind of wish they would give Allie some color on uh, basketball, but whatever. I agree. Maybe she likes sideline. Maybe she prefers sideline. This is true. This I know true. I didn't. I loved, I don't get me wrong. I loved the opportunity, but. You didn't like your opportunity at Madison. Wow. I was grateful for it, Kurt, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, because you were color. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I never did Okay, so I think we're done now. We're at this point, we're just rambling. So for Bennett Conley, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. Um, please check us out on at our home on the web. That is going to be www.jmusportsnews.com. Go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter. That's at JMU Sports News. Facebook is JMU Sports News. If you have any other um, name ideas, we're still in the, the market for that. We have Duke Dog Alley listed, but we would like a couple more names to play around with. Um, and I think that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with hopefully a Diamond Dukes preview more football after they hopefully beat Robert Morris and men's basketball will be gearing up for the CAA championship tournament. And so will women's basketball. Um, So until next week, see ya. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.